Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, Networld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing in our series titled The Family Bible Revolution and End Time Message for His Generational Blessing. We've been talking about the Ten Commandments and the Two Commandments that Jesus summed the ten up into. And we're talking about are they really relevant today and are they important to us? We've covered all first of the four commandments being do not worship any other gods besides me and do not worship or bow down to idols of any kind. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And Jesus summed it up by saying to love God with all our spirit, soul, mind, and strength. And yesterday we talked about commandment number five of honoring your father and mother, a positive commandment that offers long life. And then do not murder, which has to do with killing of the innocent. Jesus summed up the last six by saying to love our neighbor as ourselves. And today we're going to begin on commandment number seven about do not commit adultery. What does that mean? And is that relevant to today also? The Ten Commandments have to do with moral law, and moral law is the foundation of all law. Without a solid foundation of moral law, we'll never be able to arrive at true justice, fairness, or righteousness in any situation. This is why it is very important who decides or establishes the foundations of moral law. I have personally chosen God to be the one who will establish moral law for me, and I believe he's the only source of true morality and justice. When we take God out of law and enforcement, we become a lawless society by default. Thou shalt not commit adultery is commandment number seven. Adultery is a big word. Most of us understand it as someone who is married, having an intimate relationship with someone they're not married to. This is a very shallow definition, for this word stands for all sexual immorality outside of the marriage covenant. Most of us agree that if our marriage partner had an intimate relationship with someone else, that it is wrong and would be grounds for divorce. Well, the word of God substantiates this. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, Jesus said, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version, But I tell you, whoever dismisses and repudiates and divorces his wife except on the grounds of unfaithfulness being sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery and whoever marries a woman who's been divorced commits adultery. Notice how the word adultery is defined as unfaithfulness through sexual immorality. This is because God's boundary for sex is the marriage covenant. There must be a commitment of faithfulness within the marriage covenant for sex to be right before God. This being the case, we now have to define sexual immorality, and we need to allow the Word of God to define it to be sure 
We're not slanting our definition with any bias. Is God trying to punish us or take away our pleasures in life? Well, absolutely not. On the contrary, he wants us to live happy, healthy, and successful lives. We could say it this way, Father knows best. Remember our list of community problems? As we look at that list, which ones would actually lessen or cease to exist if we obeyed God's command concerning adultery or sex and the marriage covenant? We mentioned teen pregnancies, STDs, abortion, pornography, divorce, single mothers, fatherless children, deadbeat dads, perversion, rape, adultery, fornication, and homosexuality was part of the list. Well, every one of those would be greatly affected if everybody honored the marriage covenant to have intimate relations. It would change every one of them. There are other things like racism, injustice, violence, hatred, stealing, lying, greed, illegal drugs, alcohol, murder, and crime. But the first part of the list was all what I call sexual immorality. And you see, God's got a better way. It's true. G-G-B-W. God has a better way for you, for your family, and for your children. What does it all boil down to? It boils down to our acceptance, love, and obedience to God. Hmm. We live in a selfish world, don't we? Well, here's a strong warning from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3-8. through 8. He says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but to holiness. Therefore he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. That's a pretty strong word from Paul. Again, it boils down to our acceptance of God's word and allowing him to set the boundaries. In order to do so, we must believe he's a good God and fully wanting our success in life. Many argue from the point of love that as long as anything is consensual, it's acceptable. Well, the adultery your spouse just committed with another could be called consensual. What do you think about that? Well, I think we can all agree with God on adultery, but the definition of sexual immorality is entirely another story. Maybe we agree that rape and pedophilia are wrong, but what about homosexuality, same-sex marriage, bestiality, sex outside of marriage, pornography, and so on? There's another word for that. It's the Bible word fornication. It's the Greek word pornea and the root of our word pornography. It simply stands for sex outside of the marriage covenant. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10 has a strong word. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, I know I might be accused of hate speech, but please understand, these are not my words. These are the words of God. I accept them as the word of God spoken and written through man. This is not a hate speech. Rather, it's truth speech in order to help anyone who's looking for help. Yes, even God gives us complete free will. 
but not without boundaries and consequences. I want to listen to him, and my prayer is that you do too. I recommend we not put our hand on the hot stove, so to speak. But what about same-sex marriage with a legal marriage certificate honored by the government? Isn't this love, commitment, and consensual? Plus, are not gay people born that way? Well, this is a very good question, and I'll answer that with another question. If God creates people gay, or pedophiles, or adulterers, or thieves, drunkards, or extortioners, then how can he declare they will not enter the kingdom of heaven out of 1 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 10? How can he declare these behaviors as sin, causing separation from him, when it is his fault in the first place? This would make God the great unrighteous judge. In order to justify these things as acceptable in God's sight, we will need to remove vast portions from his word, both in the Old and New Testaments. It is very obvious to me that the DNA argument does not line up with the word, and I choose to accept the word. If he declares these things as sin and sets them as boundaries, I simply trust him that I can also choose to behave any way I want regardless of who I am, how I was raised, and what difficulties I face in life. Here are two scriptures that will help. 1 Corinthians 10.13 in the Amplified says, For no temptation, no trial regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man, that is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience and such as man can bear. But God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature, and he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure, but with the temptation he will always also provide the way out, the means of escape to a landing place, that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. Philippians 4.13 in the Living Bible says, For I can do everything God asks me to with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and power. Here's another excellent tip. 1 Corinthians 5.9 says, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Well, that's good advice. Huh. Now, for more information on this subject, I recommend my book, Living Pure in an Impure World. It's available in a hard copy or electronic version at most online bookstores. Again, it's an extensive study on what is sexual immorality and how can we be free. It's called Living Pure in an Impure World. Again, adultery is a much bigger word than simply someone cheating on their spouse. Adultery stands for all sexual immorality outside of the marriage covenant. We also need to add the statement, in quotes, between one man and one woman, period, end quote. That, of course, is if we choose to allow God's word to define sexual immorality. I'm sure there are many who would disagree. However, as it states in Romans chapters 1 and 2, they'll have to break their own conscience to do so because it is written in their hearts by God, and that's how it got there. The truth is, man knows, but still denies. Romans chapter 1, verses 20 through 21 says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, 
even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And Romans 25, the first part says, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. And Romans 2.15, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. Like I said, man knows but still denies. Fornication is the Greek word pornea, P-O-R-N-E-I-A. This word stands for all sexual immorality outside of marriage, including adultery. Hebrews 13.4 says, Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Well, that's another strong word from the Lord. But remember, according to 1 Corinthians 10.13, in the Amplified Version as we read, there is no temptation that is beyond human resistance. And according to Philippians 4.13 out of the Living Bible, we can do this by faith with the help of Christ who gives us the strength and power. It's time to go, so be blessed and I'll see you tomorrow. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.